Happy Thanksgiving, friends! It's my favorite holiday, even with a kid with eczema. As a food-focused holiday, you can really make it quite eczema-friendly, actually. The roasted veggies, sweet potatoes, turkey, homemade desserts, it's all in play. And especially if you're hosting, you can really make it without a hitch quite easily. But I really love this holiday because of the time spent with family and for the built-in time to reflect and talk about your gratitudes. I haven't summarized a book in a bit since we're moving and we've been in between houses for the past couple months, so I haven't been with my library. But I did get my hands on Robert Emmons' Gratitude Works essay that's adapted from his Gratitude Works book. So I'm going to detail his teachings because I believe they're directly applicable in our current season of parenting a child with eczema and just in life moving forward because, as Emmons says, It's easy to feel grateful when life is good, but when disaster strikes, gratitude is worth the effort. Let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. Robert Emmons is the author of Gratitude Works, and it looks like this book has been around for a while, since 2013, but like I said, it just recently came to my attention and I just thought it was especially relevant given our current season in life. And what he has to say, I really couldn't sum it up any better. So I'm going to to read to you his short essay because I think, I think it's worthwhile to hear. Guys, as a thank you to all of you, I'm doing a Black Friday sale just this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be $100 off my eczema free framework. This is the map. This is how you heal your kids from home. No prescription, without a doctor, all of it. You have it in your hands, the power and the exact roadmap is get you from an itchy, scaly, bleeding, sad kid to a healthy, happy one. You also get a coaching call with me. It's super fun to jam out with you all and just tackle your specific issues. So if you're looking for that, you're ready for that in your life, now is the time. It's eczemakids.com. Go to the work with me page and get access to that there. It'll be $100 off, $97. Guys, this is a steal, but I want you all to have access to this information. It is literally life-changing. So Emin says, a decade's worth of research on gratitude has shown me that when life is going well, gratitude allows us to celebrate and magnify the goodness. But what about when life goes badly? In the midst of the economic maelstrom that has gripped our country, I have often been asked if people can or even should feel grateful under such dire circumstances. My response is that not only will a grateful attitude help, it is essential. In fact, it is precisely under crisis conditions that we have the most to gain by a grateful perspective on life. In the face of demoralization, gratitude has the power to energize. In the face of brokenness, gratitude has the power to heal. 
In the face of despair, gratitude has the power to bring hope. In other words, gratitude can help us cope with hard times. Don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that gratitude will come easily or naturally in a crisis. It's easy to feel grateful for the good things. No one feels grateful that he or she has lost a job or home or good health or has taken a devastating hit to his or her retirement. But it is vital to make a distinction between feeling grateful and being grateful. We don't have total control over our emotions. We cannot easily will ourselves to feel grateful, less depressed, or happy. Feelings follow from the way we look at the world, thoughts we have about the way things are, the way things should be, and the distance between these two points. But being grateful is a choice, a prevailing attitude that endures and is relatively immune to the gains and losses that flow in and out of our lives. When disaster strikes, gratitude provides a perspective from which we can view life in its entirety and not be overwhelmed by temporary circumstances. Yes, this perspective is hard to achieve, but my research says it is always worth the effort. Trials and suffering can actually refine and deepen gratefulness if we allow them to show us not to take things for granted. Our national holiday of gratitude, Thanksgiving, was born and grew out of hard times. The first Thanksgiving took place after nearly half of the pilgrims died from a rough winter and year. It became a national holiday in 1863 in the middle of the Civil War and was moved to its current date in the 1930s following the Depression. Why? Well, when times are good, people take prosperity for granted and begin to believe that they are invulnerable. In times of uncertainty, though, people realize how powerless they are to control their own destiny. If you begin to see that everything you have, everything you counted on, may be taken away, it becomes much harder to take it for granted. So crisis can make us more grateful, but research says gratitude also helps us cope with crisis. Consciously cultivating an attitude of gratitude builds up a sort of psychological immune system that can cushion us when, a, when we fall. There is scientific evidence that grateful people are more resilient to stress, whether minor everyday hassles or major personal upheavals. The contrast between suffering and redemption serves as the basis for one of my tips for practicing gratitude. Remember the bad. It works this way. Think of the worst times in your life, your sorrows, your losses, your sadness, and then remember that here you are, able to remember them, that you made it through the worst times of your life. You got through the trauma. You got through the trial. You endured the temptation. You survived the bad relationship. You're, not, you're making your way out of the dark. Remember the bad things, and then look to see where you are now. This process of remembering how difficult life used to be and how far we've come sets up an explicit contrast that is fertile ground for gratefulness. Our minds think in terms of counterfactuals, mental comparisons we make between the way things are and how things might have been different. Contrasting the present with negative times in the past can make us feel happier, or at least less unhappy and enhance our overall sense of well-being, and this opens the door to coping gratefully. The point is not to ignore or forget the past, but to develop a fruitful frame of reference in the present from which to review experiences and events. There's another way to foster gratitude, confront your own mortality. In a recent study, researchers asked participants to imagine a scenario where they were trapped in a burning high-rise, overcome by smoke and killed. This resulted in a substantial increase in gratitude levels, as researchers discovered when they compared this group to two control conditions who were not compelled to imagine their own deaths. Gratitude changes the pangs of memory into tranquil joy. We know that gratitude enhances happiness, but why? 
Gratitude maximizes happiness in multiple ways. And one reason is that it helps us reframe memories of unpleasant events in a way that decreases their unpleasant emotional impact. This implies that grateful coping entails looking for positive consequences of negative events. For example, grateful coping might involve seeing how a stressful event has shaped who we are today and has prompted us to reevaluate what is really important in life. Reframing disaster. To say that gratitude is a helpful strategy to handle hurt feelings does not mean that we should try to ignore or deny suffering and pain. The field of positive psychology at times has been criticized for failing to acknowledge the value of negative emotions. Barbara Held of Bodwin College in Maine, for example, contends that positive psychology has been too negative about negativity and too positive about positivity. To deny that life has its share of disappointments, frustrations, losses, hurts, setbacks, and sadness would be unrealistic and untenable. Life is suffering. No amount of positive thinking exercises will change this truth. So, Telling people simply to buck up, count their blessings, and remember how much they still have to be grateful for can certainly do much harm. Processing a life experience through a grateful lens does not mean denying negativity. Instead, it means realizing the power you have to transform an obstacle into an opportunity. It means reframing a loss into a potential gain, recasting negativity into positive channels for gratitude. Some years ago, I asked people with debilitating physical illnesses to compose a narrative concerning a time when they felt a deep sense of gratitude to someone or for something. I asked them to let themselves recreate that experience in their minds so they could feel the emotions as if they had transported themselves back into time to the event itself. I also had them reflect on what they felt in that situation and how they expressed those feelings. In the face of progressive diseases, people often find life extremely challenging. I wondered whether it would even be possible for them to find anything to be grateful about. For many of them, life revolved around visits to the pain clinic and pharmacy. I would not have been at all surprised if resentment overshadowed gratefulness. As it turned out, most respondents had trouble settling on a specific instance. They simply had so much in their lives that they were grateful for. I was struck by the profound depth of feeling that they conveyed in their essays and by the apparent life-transforming power of gratitude in many of their lives. It was evident from reading these narrative accounts that one, gratitude can be an overwhelmingly intense feeling, and two, gratitude for gifts that others easily overlook can be the most powerful and frequent form of thankfulness. And three, gratitude can be chosen in spite of one's situation or circumstances. I was also struck by the redemptive twist that occurred in nearly half of these narratives. Out of something bad, like suffering, adversity, affliction, came something good, like new life or new opportunities, for which the person felt profoundly grateful. If you are troubled by an open memory or past unpleasant experience, you might consider trying to reframe how you think about it using the language of thankfulness. The unpleasant experiences in our lives don't have to be of the traumatic variety in order for us to gratefully benefit from them. Whether it is large or small, here are some additional questions to ask yourself. What lessons did the experience teach me? Can I find ways to be thankful for what happened to me now, even though I was not at the time it happened? What ability did the experience draw out of me that surprised me? How am I now more the person I want to be because of it? Has the experience removed a personal obstacle that previously prevented me from feeling grateful? Remember, your goal is not to relive the experience, but rather to get a new perspective on it. Simply rehearsing an upsetting event makes us feel worse about it. That is why catharsis has rarely been effective. 
Emotional venting without accompanying insight does not produce change. No amount of writing about the event will help unless you are able to take a fresh redemptive perspective on it. This is the advantage that grateful people have, and it's a skill that anyone can learn. See, I love it so much. That's why I just had to share it with you all. Thanks for sticking with me. Carry this message with you this week and well after that if you can. I just found it to be such a good reminder. I had to read it to you. Also, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you for spending your time with me and for your dedication in healing your family and healing your kids. Don't forget to check out my Black Friday sale just as a thank you for all of you. The Eczema Free Framework is going to be discounted by $100. Guys, you get the entire map of how to heal your kids and it's all doable from home without a prescription, without a doctor, all of it. The testing, if necessary, the diet, the skincare, the home modifications, you've got it. And you get a coaching call with me. Head on over to my site, eczemakids.com, click on the work with me tab and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Have an amazing holiday. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.